0: We're live back in the sanctuary. Welcome to episode two of the Screaming Idiots show. Kyler back with you. Tyler's back. Got a little somebody else in here. Yo, what's up? My name is Preston. You guys had a a show that you played on Saturday, and we're going to dive into that. First, I want to say thank you to everyone who tuned into episode one. I was... I know uh I was blown away by the response that we had. I mean when when I saw that we were being streamed in in Washington and Texas and New York, all over the country and then I see we're being streamed in in Europe and in, in Germany. Uh that's that's pretty fucking awesome. So I appreciate everybody tuning in and I I appreciate all of the interaction that I've had on my my TikTok channel. Um and we've gotten a lot of feedback and requests from you guys and we're going to get to some of those today. So uh first I do want to start and let's talk about the uh Screaming Evidence show last night and uh how that went.
1: Tyler, so, I'll let you do uh, your thing.
0: Yeah, so the the
2: fun thing about local shows and you know, we, we've talked a little bit about our band a little bit. Make no mistake, we are still very much a local band. Um so the these local shows Sometimes they're they're put together well, sometimes not so much. Um sometimes things happen um throughout the event that kinda causes things to go sideways. You know, yesterday's event, you know, I have to I have to shout out um Brad and the guys from uh Sour Blood that, you know, they could really put together a good show. Yeah, for sure. You no know, they definitely they can. organize things pretty pretty damn well. Um Take a lot of pride. Oh, they they do, well. man, and it's awesome. Uh, it's just some of the 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 bands that um, we we had involved in that show. Uh, one in particular, just they they weren't the right fit. Yeah, and and I don't mean that as in like the music wasn't right or the vibe wasn't right. Knowing what I know about the band, they they don't play shows like that very often where they have to set up quickly and get broken down quickly. Yeah. And, you know, it took them 45 minutes to get set up and get sound checked. Yep. And it put us in a position, because the show was already running about 15 minutes behind, put us in a position where we had 30 minutes to to get sound checked and start playing. So by the time, you know, we went from... You mean 30 minutes
1: total. Yeah, like so overall, we, yeah.
2: We were supposed to have a forty-five minute set, and it was twelve thirty-five before we actually started playing music, and the cutoff was one. And playing that late, I was already pretty upset about, but not so upset that I wasn't willing to do it. You know what I mean? It's it's not the most ideal spot to to play last at a local show. Um, it's it's not like you know. We're the, the big headliner that everyone's waiting on. It's it's very much you're closing out the night, and by the time you play, a lot of people have already left. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't upset about how many people left. Honestly, I don't blame them. I normally would have been in bed by then. You know right. I mean? yeah. <laughs> yeah, for I'm sure. Dad <laughs> we're, we're all dads, and yeah, that's way past the door. I'm yeah. getting in bed normally at 930. That was late yeah, for man. me, man. Yeah, Woo. so, you know, all that being said – um, I think we we did the best we could with what you the had. situation we were presented with. Honestly, we've been presented with with much worse situations. Yeah, and yep. I got some stories, Preston. You've heard a few <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> way before I was with the band, but I've heard them. But yep. uh, yeah, so my my take on it, um, Brad and them, they they put together a really good show every every time we play with them guys. Um, you know, just the certain circumstances that that had happened, really just didn't sit well with me. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the kind of stuff that that almost makes you not want to do this shit anymore. Yeah. You know, it makes you weary about about setting up these kind of shows, and you know, that's honestly part of part of what's been killing my motivation to do much with with the
0: band for the last couple of years. Sure. And it's not the first time that you guys have been put on, you know, that quote-unquote headliner position, right? Last one to play for the night. And with these local shows, at least, you know, the ones that I've been to, you know, I was at the one last night. If anybody's going to get fucked in the deal, it's it's the guys that are playing last, right? Because Yeah, they, yeah I've noticed that time and time yeah. again. And, you yeah. know, you guys only had, and, and Tyler mentioned it, you had a, a certain amount of time remaining to accomplish your goal, I mean you guys had to cut set list in half, yep. you know and that and that's unfortunate because I know Tyler, you're very humble, and you won't admit it, but the majority of the people that come out to came out to that show came to see you guys, and those people stayed and again i i you know as a fan, you know I understand why some would have left because again it was i mean it's <laughs> It's coming on one o'clock in the morning, and right, you know, we're not as young as we used to be. (laughs) Well, and I think
1: I think the other thing is maybe maybe playing last is a disadvantage, but it's mainly a disadvantage when everything gets pushed back that much further. Yes, to where everything's rushed and selfishly as a band. When I get upset after a performance, it's when our performance doesn't accurately depict who we
0: are as a band. And yeah. last night did not. Correct. At all. And I would agree with that just because, you know, I've been to a lot of your guys' shows, and, and I, I should have prefaced this. Preston is the lead guitarist for Screaming Evidence, so I apologize Woo-hoo. for not introducing you Woo-hoo. as such right off the rib. <laughs> I mean, my best friend of 15 years, you'd think I'd know, I'd know better. But, um, you know, you guys have always put on a, a an absolute hell of a show, you know, every time I've been out to see you. and People that follow you and and travel around to see you guys play know that. So don't think that, you know, you guys let your fans down last night because I can assure you you didn't. You did, and I think Preston put it best, or Tyler put it best, I'm sorry. You did exactly the best you could with the hand that you were dealt. Um, And, you know, I know there's some local, uh, I'm sorry, some, you know, smaller up-and-coming bands that listen to this podcast. Again, I want to shout out Devil's Envy. Um you I'm know, gonna have to look into those guys. Yeah, you'll have to. Yeah, they're 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 really talented. I actually really enjoy their music. So is that
2: who you showed me the last time?
0: Yeah, they reached out to me on TikTok. Okay. Yeah. Um and, and had said uh, you know, come check out my music or come check out our music, and I did, and it was really good. But but again, you know, there's there's bands like that that probably, you know, listen to this pod or will listen to this pod, and I guess, you know, what kind of advice could you give for those guys to, you know, kind of as frustrated as you are as Shitty as the situation is, to to stay true to yourself and still go out and try to put on the best show possible for your fans because that's what you guys did last night. So what's what's your mindset when you're like, fuck, we've got thirty minutes, we got five minutes to fucking get tuned, sound check, and get going, and we've got thirty minutes to play because that's the hand we were dealt. What's your Man, advice there? I
1: would. Do you want to go or?
0: Well, I I have a lot that I could say, um,
2: but I, I'd really like to to hear your take first.
1: So. Uh, I don't know that I'll be able to put it into words best, but, I mean, this is what I would love doing. I've loved playing music and listening to music ever since, well, hell, I don't know. I mean, I started playing music in eighth grade, but just being able to get out and play somewhere, I mean, that's a privilege in itself, so at the end of the day, you got to take a step back and be thankful that we were able to even get together and play, regardless of the circumstances, so. As dumb as it sounds, like I don't know that we go into it to do it for the fans, but I'm appreciative that people want to follow along because we do it for us. Mm-hmm. We don't do it for
2: anybody. I mean, we do it because it's what we like. Yeah, to it's do. not like
0: you're doing it for a living. You're yeah. doing it because you love to do yeah. it. Yeah,
2: right. So I mean, I, I guess I guess to start, what what I'll say is, you know, kind of like Preston said, it's it's a privilege to get out there and be able to play and i've been playing live music with with this band for 12 years you know i was i was doing this at 16 years old going to venues that i i really wasn't allowed to be in (laughs) they would look they would put they would put like you know when you're like 18 unable to drink they put like x's on on your hands and stuff they gave me like x's and wristbands and was like no you're not allowed to leave drink (laughs) you're not allowed to leave the building until it's until you're you're leaving for good and i'm like but like cigarettes <laughs> <laughs> are smoked outside not in here they're like that sucks to be you i'm like fuck all right but um you know i used to do a lot of dumb shit just just in the name of being able to play whether it was for practice whether it was for a show and and you've got a little taste of of some of the the silly shows that that we'll play just for the sake of being able to get out there, get and out play. there, and play. Exactly. So there is that mindset piece. You know, when you're frustrated and and things kind of suck, you know, just appreciate that you have the ability to get out there and and do this thing that you love to do. And
1: yeah, because when you're when you're playing these local small shows, a lot of the time they're going to be a shit show, and it's what you make of them. Yeah, it really it, is. And that's okay. Not saying that last night was by any means. I'm not. That's not it at all. But it was less than ideal. That it's going
2: to be a shit show. If it ends up being great, then that's super awesome. Yeah, not every
0: show is going to be the Barnyard Bash. Yeah, not every
2: show is going to be louder than life. No, right. You know what I mean. Right. But you know this. This is what I will say at our level at least. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. 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 spend ninety nine and yeah. So what I'll say um, to any any local artists out there that's, you know, kind of frustrated with the type of shows and stuff that they're dealing with. It's and part of it. It's it's part of it. But but one thing I will I will throw out there that is probably the main reason that Screaming Evidence still has fans that comes around and will I mean look we live an hour away from Columbus, an hour away from Dayton, Ohio, an hour away from Cincinnati, Ohio, and that's where all the good shows are. Middle of are. nowhere. And so any show, most of the shows that we play, we, we're we asking our fans to drive an yeah. hour, hour and 20 minutes. It's a huge ask. And, you know, we're asking a lot of our fans. What I'll tell you guys out there is take care of your fans. Absolutely. And, yep. and to kind of put some uh, context around that, you know, I've had – interactions with promoters that'll ask us to come out and, you know, sell a bunch of tickets for like 20, 25 bucks a piece. And they're like, you're going to get a 20 minute set list. We're going to have 10 minute rotations, um, things like that. And I just, I'm like, dude, fuck you. Yeah. Because, and I've, I've told them, I'm like, look, I got fans driving an hour, hour and 20 minutes to see me Mm -hmm. to see my band. They're not here to see all these other bands that they don't know if they like those bands, that's amazing it's a that's bonus great for sure yeah. it's a bonus yeah. but these our fans are coming to see us, and our fans are actually pretty good. they tend to stick around and listen to other bands and and try to support the the other local artists um but that's because we take care of them and and yeah because we take care of them, they do what we ask them to do and what I mean by that is we don't ask them to come
0: to shows that aren't worth coming to. Nope. Yeah, And, you know, from a fan perspective, and you guys personally, to me, take better care of your fans. And, and Sour Blood's another band that I think does really well of this. I agree. Take such good care of your fans that somebody like me, now again, I'm probably a little biased. I'm probably not the right person to ask because you're, you guys are my best friends, so. I am more than willing to travel however far it is to go see a show. And I would venture to say that the majority of Screaming Evidence fans are also willing to do such. Mm -hmm. And that's because of how you guys treat us as fans at shows. You know, how you treat fans on social media, in the public, whatever it might be. You're very engaging. You're very honest. You're very open. Um, You know, you guys are sitting at your own merch table selling merch in between, you know, sets. You're 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 doing all the right things and and as a fan any advice that I could give to you know a lot of those those up and coming bands is 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 to do that right and and Tyler said it best take care of your fans just be make make yourself available right and and we understand that you know fans can be annoying right they can be <laughs> and but you know Preston you've got a little girl last night wanting to take her picture with you because she loves your music and what you do. I mean, how yeah. fucking cool is that, dude? It's pretty neat, man. Yeah. So, shit like that to me would be the coolest thing in the world and I as another fan just love seeing that because I remember being that little kid and being obsessed with with certain bands and I didn't have that opportunity to do things like that. So, you know, take care of take care of your fans and and be courteous and and just remember to have some patience, I think is the the message. Yeah,
2: so I guess I guess another thing um, you know, on, on the, on the idea of giving, giving some advice to, to local artists out there, up and coming artists, um, you, you hear the terms, uh, support your local musicians a lot. Yeah. And Preston, I've had this conversation with We've you. We've had this conversation a bunch. Where it's, fuck you, dude. Don't, you're not entitled to shit because you're a local band. Right. right. Yep, and there's a lot of bands that that's that's all they got. They're like, we're a local band, so you should come support us. And it's like, okay, I can spend ten bucks to get in and and come see you you play, or I can spend twenty bucks and go see fucking Norma Jean play. Which one is worth my time? Yeah,
1: yeah. What value do you provide me?
2: Yeah, am am I going just to support a friend or support someone that I happen to live in the same town as? What are you providing? And and this is this is a question that I ask myself for screaming evidence. And you have to look at it objectively. If you're if you're thinking of it in this biased sense of of subjective terms, you're never going to be able to answer the question honestly and if you if you ask yourself this question objectively and you look and you, you at your own band and you say what value do we provide our fans yep. for their time our fans are maneuvering work schedules to come see us they maneuvering are maneuvering their kids schedules yeah they're they're sending kids to babysitters they're driving x amount of time some of some of the shows that we've played our fans have had to get fucking hotel rooms yeah to yep. be able to stay up where they're going to be because we're playing late and we're an hour away from home and it just makes more sense to do that
1: and they're also showing up early early for other bands yeah they which... they they're,
2: they're they're doing what we ask them to do we ask them to to help support the show not just yes. us And so if you're not asking yourself as a local artist, a local band, what do we, what value do we actually provide our fans for their time, then you're never going to get out of doing silly shows, shitty shows, and you're never going to, you're going to have a few shows when you first get started where you have like your friends and your family that come and they're going to be excited to see you play but after they see you play a couple of times they're not going to want to come back they're not going to want to come to the next show because they've already seen what you got and what you got isn't something that's worth their time and so it comes down to focusing on your music honing in your craft you know if you're going up there and you're slopping through your set not a great not a great experience for your fan yeah. you know especially if you have the stuff recorded and they hear what it's actually supposed to sound like, and you get up there and fumble-fuck the whole thing. Yeah, It's not a great experience for the fan.
1: Well, and that's where I <laughs> felt so crappy at the end of last night, where it was, once again, that did not accurately depict who we are as a band. Yep. You had people wait hours upon hours to watch us, and it just felt, ugh, by the end of it, and that's where I was upset.
0: And you, uh, And, you know, you guys were mentally emotionally and physically exhausted at that point because of wow we're playing an hour and a half past when we were supposed to play after it was all said and done and you know if you looked at the you looked at the the show the the show list the you know you guys were supposed mm-hmm. to play at 11 no we
2: were supposed no, to play 12. at midnight it was, was it midnight okay yeah so but, we but you still went on, on stage starting music at, at midnight and yeah. you were
0: on stage starting at twelve i'm
2: pretty sure and no, no, it would have been twelve thirty five, Twelve thirty
0: five. So, you know, and for what you guys had had to work with, you know, yes, you might have been disappointed in the outcome, but just talking to other people in the crowd during and after the performance, I think people were more proud of you guys for what you were able to salvage out of that. Yeah than they would have been had you just gone up there and you showed a shit ton of resolve is basically what I'm what I'm getting at. And, you know, we talked about it late last night. You know, Preston, Preston you and I were texting at 2 o'clock in the morning like, yeah. you know, man, you were fucking bummed. I felt bad. You felt bad. And you yeah. were you were fucking apologizing to me. I'm like, bro, you ain't got shit to apologize to me yeah. for. Y'all went out there and did your thing as best you fucking could. And I think a lot of up-and-coming bands need to... Remember that when they find themselves in a scenario like that, to not get discouraged, go out there and put on the best show you can with what you have. Don't just go out there and be pissed off and play a shitty ass set list. Do your thing. Play like you're you're you know you're you're in the in the studio recording. And even if you got to do what you guys did and cut the, cut the fucking set list in half, you know, just pick your best ones. Well And that's what you
2: did. (laughs) The other thing and selfishly
1: I I mean I had a bad attitude from the get go because we didn't get sound checked. I couldn't hear a damn thing but drums and (laughs) cymbals. You had no bridge pickup. I I thought the world was ending and I could have took a step back and have been thankful in the moment that I was able to be up there. Luckily you're talented
0: enough that you could play a solo in the blind with no sound. I, uh, I don't know about that. Well, <laughs> you did, though. You I'll did. I'll ask it. a question. It was trashy.
2: <laughs> so, you know, any anyone listening, um, Screaming Evidence is the first band that Preston has ever played with.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Imagine that we played that show within the first couple of shows that you played with us. How are you <laughs> reacting then?
1: Uh, I probably would have pissed my pants on stage. Honestly, there'd have been a puddle. <laughs> there'd have been a puddle. No, I mean, so, it, I, I tend to get
0: don't short sell yourself here too because no, the, for I mean, the people listening, I remember the you are an incredibly talented guitarist.
1: Yeah, but I remember the first show we had played, and I, I do. It might have been a twenty-five, thirty-person show, and half of those people were the other bands. I was nervous as can be course anything new to you you're if you're like me you're, you're nervous. Be nervous You're nervous um but no i mean if it were within the first six months or a year of us playing <laughs> i might have walked off that stage. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh,
0: it's it's the calluses fuck that shit out yeah. of <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: it's the calluses that you build over time and you know if you're if you're a musician that hasn't hasn't kind of been through the ringer so i mean the the other guys myself sean and scotty that are in screaming evidence we we've been through some shit and so when we run into situations like that 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 really wasn't that big of a deal to us in comparison to what we've been through yeah in the past and so if you're a band that's just getting started Don't be too eager to get out there and play shows. Make sure you're well rehearsed. Make sure you're prepared for technical difficulties. Make sure you're prepared for the type of bullshit that can happen. You know, practice an hour-long set preparing for a 20-minute set that you're actually going to be playing because you Mm -hmm. don't know what's going to happen. Maybe a band drops out and you get more time or, you know, you're...
1: You'll get pushed back. I mean, your set's going to... There's yeah, several there's, shows.
2: There's so many shows yeah. where you get pushed back, and the next thing you know, a 25-minute set becomes a 20-minute set. And just p- be prepared for those scenarios. And honestly, you can kind of practice this stuff and, and practice. If you got a decent room to, to jam in, you can set your jam room up more like you're on stage and get a better feel for what it sounds like being on stage. So that, you know, like Preston was saying, he couldn't hear, you know, the second guitar or the bass or the vocals. All you can hear and all I heard was was drums and vocals. That's because I asked for vocals and my monitors. But, um, you know, all I heard was drums. I'm really good at being able to play off of just the drums or just the vocals or just one guitar. And. It just comes with experience and practicing. So so don't be too eager to put yourself out there when you're not prepared, um, thinking that it's going to be this you know awesome experience. It's probably going to be a shit experience unless you're prepared for it.
1: It's going to happen time and time again. Would mm-hmm. you guys
0: believe me if I told you we just had another up-and-coming band live on TikTok tell me uh, that they're really underrated? And I just listened to a clip of their song while y'all were talking. Okay. And it's fucking killer. So I want to shout out Unclean. Oh, Just listened cool. to their song, Blue, and holy shit, is it good. So shout out to Unclean. Thanks for the interaction on TikTok. Where are they from? I'm going to be, I don't know. I haven't got that far. Okay. But. It just happened. It just—it ha- literally hey, just happened. Okay? At,
1: nowadays, you can find stuff out pretty quick. That's Pretty—that's true. So,
0: shout out to it's Unclean. Just I just listened <laughs> listen to their single "Blue," and dude's vocals are nuts. So, okay, shout out to Unclean. Um, but yeah, you know, I again just to wrap that that little you know piece up. Work with what you got. Keep. It's keep, gonna suck for a while. It's gonna suck for a while. Treat your fans right try to be level headed and you know like you guys had you you guys were apologized to last night for what was going on and every you know everybody that was there understood that you guys were putting a shitty scenario and that was probably the blessing for playing in a venue like that and with the people that were there you know some of the guys you've played with before that everybody there understood that you guys were put you you were dealt a shit ass hand
1: well, we, you could say that, but we also we also did Brad and Sour Blood a favor because of the situation. Correct. So, it wasn't that because we were put at midnight we were dealt a shit hand or anything like that.
0: By no. no means.
2: Yeah, we agreed. We agreed at that time.
1: It was that you yeah, went yeah, on at twelve forty five or twelve thirty five. yeah, it being 12.45. And you had to be
0: done by yeah. one.
1: But no, nah, overall, it's all good. And the other thing, really quick, before we close this part out. Um, we were talking about, you know, having to sell tickets for bigger shows and all that. I wanted to give Brad and Justin from Sour Blood another shout out because it seems like they know that that's a part of the business and they have done their fair share of building, promoting their own shows for that. I guess to not have that crappy of an experience when when you are a local band,
2: right? Yeah, because they've been doing it for a long time, a very long time yep. since like early two thousands, and they've they've been through all the different forms of the live industry over the last twenty twenty five years, and so they they, they and know if i like. if
1: I'm missing anybody else that was a part of setting that up, I apologize, but. I think Brad I, was I the that, yeah. Sorry, there, no, I, I think Brad
2: was pretty much the, the main guy. Yeah.
1: But shout out, I guess, since we've mentioned the name four different times. Sour if Blood. anybody's <laughs> into metalcore, check out Sour
0: Blood. Those dudes are sweet. And those dudes are sweet. I mentioned it in the last episode. Please go check out Screaming Evidence. If you guys are into a a great combination of hard rock, heavy metal music, please go check them out. You can find them anywhere. They're we, out there. We got some soft stuff too. You, yeah, you got some some uh, stuff pretty. you can cry to. Yeah, we get, we get pretty once in a while. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, you guys, good on that. We yeah good? yeah anything. Just want to. I don't want to. I, I I definitely don't want to leave anything out and make sure that you guys got got out what you want to say before we get onto the 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 happy shit. Y'all ready for the happy shit? <laughs> Okay, so we did what we did last week, and we actually started the show off with this, was we basically ran Avenged Sevenfold through the fucking mud for <laughs> Read Through the Fire <laughs> Cause that song nobody, nobody is listening to it. So. Nobody was <laughs> listening to that motherfucker. They named it perfectly. I'll oh give them that. They named God. it perfectly. So man, that's two episodes we ran Avenge Sevenfold through the fucking mud, so we were asked to. I talk, think
1: this whole show should be about
0: running that running shit aven- the running that song through that the was fucking mud. Run, Run through the mud. <laughs> yeah, God, the people are gonna quit listening because I'm doing that. So we're gonna quit that shit. So I was asked. I was sent a DM. <clears throat> excuse me, um, on TikTok about uh, falling under Versus' new song called "Watch the World Burn." So Ronnie Radke, for one, is a fantastic follow on TikTok because he just don't give a fuck about nothing. So, this this song, Preston. I know I know you checked it out, and yep. it's probably not your cup of tea. But just give me your your kind of thoughts on it, and and you know where you stand on that right now.
1: Yeah. So I had heard this a while back. I guess I didn't realize it. You know how you hear a song in passing. Yep. Um. Maybe that type type of rap isn't my thing. But I mean, overall, I think it's pretty damn cool what he did. Yeah. Well, what they did. Excuse me. Yeah. Um. And I mean, because I'm a gearhead, that guitar
0: tone was sweet. It was fuck. Those diabolical. Yeah, gnarly. that guitar tone was yeah, sweet. Yeah. So, um, thank you. I personally, well, Tyler, I'll let you. I, I've I've probably got a little, little bit more to to say about it than you do. So I I will let you kind of go ahead and give me your thoughts on on Watch the World, Burn. Okay. Um. So I hadn't heard the song before today.
2: Listen to it a few times. What, what I'll say is I, I've never really listened to Falling in Reverse much um, in the past. Um, with this. Which, hmm. how did we not? Because like, I knew there were big.
1: Well, because, you know, Ronnie was with Bless the but, Fall, right? Yeah. And then he, yeah.
0: <laughs> Ronnie went to prison and they fired him. <laughs> okay. Or he quit. One of the two. I think, I think, I don't, God, I don't want to piss Ronnie Gradke off because they don't roast me on TikTok. I love you, <laughs> Ronnie. <laughs> you don't fucking roast me on TikTok, bro. <laughs> He's going so to kill you. He so, You're Healy, he, 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 yeah. he gets out of prison and then, which it was a fucked up deal when I went to prison. It was it was pretty shitty because he, yeah, I don't, any anyway, I'm not going to go down that road. But, I don't think, free Ronnie. Free my dude Ronnie. So, and then he comes out and he starts falling in reverse. So, he was known for being with Bless the Fall first, but, so go ahead, Tyler.
2: Yeah, so, I guess with the, the whole style of the song, I, I've listened to stuff in the past that was very much like rap and rock or hip hop and rock. I'm a, I'm a big new metal fan.
0: Time out. My dumbass just said that he was with bless the fall and he was 100% not with bless the fall. (laughs) (laughs) He was with falling in reverse. And I, I, I knew when it came out of my mouth, I'm like, now, wait a minute. Something's wrong. That's wrong. No. He was, sorry, that's that's my fault. He was definitely not with, Blessed fall. He was with Escape the Fate. So, sorry about that. Sorry, Ronnie. I'm definitely getting fucking, <laughs> You're getting dri- canceled. I'm going to get drilled canceled. on TikTok if for you that. If he ever so. listens to this. Oh, uh, yeah, so. we're going
1: to, people are going to call us out on this. Ronnie Radke, do not know what former front man <laughs> of Escape the
0: Fate, current front man of Falling in Reverse. I know, I'm a fake fan. I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs>
2: Bo- boomer chord a boomer core
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: but the, anyway the gatekeeper of, yeah anyway so i guess with the style i've listened to to you know that that rap and metal rap and, and rock mix before and it's normally the same thing it's normally like some rap in the verses and then like a rock chorus yep uh they might throw in like a bit of a breakdown or something but uh what what i found interesting about this song is they split it up completely different Yep. They started it off like the first half was just straight rap, with some guitars, which tones were pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, tones were great. Yeah, tones were great. But um, I need to find
1: out what that <clears throat> guitar tone was from. It was pretty sweet. But
2: uh, you know, halfway through the song, they they transitioned really well into this more rock and metal style, and I really appreciated that. I just can't say that I love the the song or the style. Part of it may have been that I really didn't get a chance to really listen to what the lyrics were saying. You know, I'm, like, cooking and stuff while I'm listening to this. As, Whipping know, in the dad, kitchen. Dad life. But uh, I guess if I was able to listen to the lyrics a little better, understand what the message is, you know,
0: kind of like we talked about last episode. If you watch the music video, you'd get the message. Well, well see,
1: that's, that's where, because, funny enough... The way I go to bed every night, I put my headphones on, click it into the laptop. I watch YouTube. And don't some, forget your huggle. You well, got to have a huggle. I hug do on. wear a huggle. got to have a huggle. If y'all don't wear a huggle to bed, hey, you can and wear a huggle have a wife that keeps the house really cold, a huggle will save your life, I yeah. swear to God. Anyways, so normally I watch a YouTube video, or or 12, before I go to bed. Um, I don't watch TV very rarely. Um but anyways, I had came across that song and video and I can't remember when it was, but didn't think anything of it because I it's not something I would normally radiate towards, I guess. Right. Um but listening to it again, same as a lot of songs,
2: it's pretty damn cool.
0: Yeah, it's it's cool. I just
2: it's not something I would listen to
0: much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so first off, again, I cannot fucking believe that I sat here and said that Ronnie Radke was in Blessed the Fly. <laughs> You remember when you were talking about pissing your pants? Like, I just want to crawl in a fucking hole, man.
2: <laughs> but again... I mean, like I could I, I could
0: edit it out, but... No, no, I think it's, no, I think no, it's no. Gonna be
2: I think it's going to be a lot better for we us. We are not editing that out. A man has... I said it last Take week. Take him with all his flaws.
0: A man has to know his limitations, and a man has to admit when he was wrong, and I fucked up. <laughs> so, again, with my deepest apologies for being a fake fan, I... I actually really like this song. So you know, he starts with this fucking you know, it's it's a cool little rap. You know, he's hitting some bars rapping, and then he goes into like Eminem rap god mode, and he's like rapping yeah, really fucking it was fast. Cool. And I actually was like, what you know, like on on iTunes or Apple Music, whatever, you can watch the lyrics, and you can like look at the lyrics and shit. And I was watching it, and he's fucking spitting, and I'm like, okay, okay. And then he breaks into that fucking like almost like a like a choir like. I can't control the monsters in it. Like that yeah, part. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And then it goes in that real, real upbeat yep. fucking rock feel. And then it goes, like, it goes from rap to rock to metalcore to fucking death metal. Yep. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. like this constant, like, build-up progression. It's a build-up. When, he's, when he says, watch the world burn, and the, and the music video, that fucking Catholic priest just bursts into flames. And it's like, th- that there's fucking dive bombs with that killer-ass tone. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm yeah. losing my shit. And-, and then the the outro for the song is, like, straight-up guttural growls, like, fucking, like, a real... Heavy metalcore death metal vibe, and I just I thought it was brilliant the way the song was constructed. Again, it's not it, it's not something that I'm going to listen to every day, but I thought the song itself was brilliant.
1: Yeah, and I, I guess what I was going to say because we talk music what three four times a week together in a group chat. Mm-hmm. What I'm sick of, even being the biggest metalcore fan that there is. To me, and I could be wrong, but I know we've had this conversation. Everything sounded sludgy, muddy, and the same as of late. I'm very appreciative that that was not. It wasn't. No, it was completely different. Yeah. And I appreciate people trying to break out of that mold nowadays. Yes. Do something different. Because we need something different, or at least I do right now. Or yeah. I need Polaris to come out with a new album. Yeah. shout please, out
0: Polaris. Shout out Polaris, please. <laughs> yep. Everybody that follows me on TikTok knows they're my number one. So uh, nobody yep. touches them. I don't, don't care what Polaris. you have to say. Just nobody. What did I say? Them? If it ain't Polaris' dog shit. So, <laughs> um. But yeah. So that I mean, overall, I think it's a brilliant song. I think it's it is very unique. And and again, this is not the first time that Falling Universe has done the. You know that Ronnie Radke has done this kind of rap metal thing. It's it's not the first at all, but the way that that song progresses from, it goes through four or five different fucking genres in one song. And the music video is incredible and the, the production's great. The guitar tone is killer. It's a really cool song and I, I I really like it. So I hope that whoever, uh, sent in that request is, uh, they didn't want me to mention their username on here, so I won't do it. But, um, I hope that that satisfies your, your- They don't want to get canceled yeah, either. Yeah. <laughs> so another wait, wait is
1: it is it pronounced Polaris?
0: <laughs> I think it is Polaris. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's how sure. they pronounce it. Yeah, Polaris. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm gonna keep calling it Polaris. Just so. ser- just
1: search the four wheeler. I promise they'll change your life.
0: <laughs> oh shit! That's funny. So. We have another TikTok request from Janet. She is at Colts Unlimited Fan underscore. They gonna get CJ? She wants. Uh, I mean, wrong podcast. I would be all right if CJ <laughs> went to the Colts. We're gonna uh, start a sports podcast yeah. as well. Heads yeah, up, y'all. Heads up, yeah. So I will not be part of that. Janet wants to know what our take on Limp Biscuit is, and not, not just Limp Biscuit in general. So, Preston, I'll I'll let you I'll let you go first again, bro.
1: All right. (laughs) All right. I
0: have loved Limp Biscuit
1: since the day I heard of them when I was a very young kid. Um, Was originally into hip hop when I was a kid. Um,
0: This motherfucker used to wear an Allen Iverson jersey. This this gentleman is white, so (laughs) let me just go ahead and throw that out first.
1: No, I'm a metalhead.
0: He used to wear... White Air Force Ones and Allen Iverson jersey and some, like, fucking buckle jeans or some shit to school every day. No, it was G-Unit jeans. G-Unit jeans. Cent
1: was my guy. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Right. Hey, we all go through phases. as Dude, we all I painted all my know. fingernails black for a period of time. So <laughs> we I all go, go through ahead. phases. No, so I grew up. Um, very influential part in my life when it comes to music was my dad. Reason being, and I don't want to give a big story, but dad was into everything. Um, growing up, and I'm sure a lot of people can say this. They thought their dad was the coolest
0: person on earth. Yeah. Oh, right. Me too, man. I get it.
1: But the biggest thing was his influence on me when it comes to music. Mm-hmm. My dad was into hip hop. He was into R and B. He was into metal. He was into hair metal. Uh, he was into new metal. I was a big new metal fan. Um. So when I just remember being a kid and hearing Limp Biscuit, and because I was into hip hop sports and if you're familiar with basketball at the time early 2000s hip-hop and basketball still are but really was tied it together. was complete it, I, I mean was because of alan
0: iverson but, yeah, yeah go ahead
1: it, it was at the hip um and to me just the way limp biscuit put it all together with the heavier stuff and what they did um i loved it you know limp biscuit lincoln park a lot of that stuff but have old and i know there's a bunch of shit talk out there about Limp Biscuit. Uh, I guess me and Tyler have had these conversations as to why. Um but because I have ADD really bad, I don't remember why everybody shit talks. I don't either Limp Biscuit. um yeah. but no, I mean I've as simple as it sounds, I've always loved Limp Biscuit.
2: Yeah. Always loved Limp Biscuit. Well well people talk shit about Limp Biscuit because of Fred Durst. Well and I know Jesse being, James doesn't like him. Again <laughs> <What's> <laughs> for that? the fifth
1: time, reason being
2: I mean from from what I've heard um and what I've kind of seen through documentaries and stuff the dude's kind of a fucking douchebag okay but I mean if you think about it like it was it it was almost like ICP you know you you knew who who the fuck a Juggalo is yeah and and so you, you see people that dress Cart up. Car full like, of fat chicks. That song changed my life. So Fuck you know, hey, I
1: seen them with POD and somebody else, but this was one hell of a show a long time oh, ago. Man. But man. yeah,
2: you got you got Fred Durst. Just had a style of his own, you know, with it, with his own fashion and all that kind of stuff. And it was very much like I don't know that you know Vanilla Ice kind of feel. You know, dude, who's white as shit, dressing up like he's not, like he's not. Yeah, and that was me. I mean, that's, when I was a kid, that's fine. I don't care. Bro. I don't care what the hell you wear, but like, I guess he's kind of a douchebag. But you know what I'll say about Limp Bizkit is they're fucking awesome. <laughs> because love it. People yeah. will talk shit about Fred Durst, but. That dude don't give a fuck.
0: No, he don't fucking care. No.
2: He don't give a shit. No. Nope. And he is true to himself
0: with And he's still the same dude today that he was in nineteen ninety seven. Oh, yeah. Like and straight
2: up. Yeah, he's he is so true to himself. And that's that's honestly how most people should be, but uh they're not. You know, they're they're caught up in all oh, what what everyone else thinks of me and yeah. I should act like this or I should act like that. <laughs> And he just doesn't care. He He's going to do what he wants to do and the way he wants to do it. And, you know, I I love Limp Bizkit, and I love their music. It's obviously that mix of hip-hop and rock and metal. Uh, they were one of the biggest new metal bands that ever existed. And their story is kind of interesting, and Fred's story is kind of interesting, where I had seen on a documentary where... It was corn that kind of somewhat discovered him um, I guess they were playing a show, and he showed up and was like trying to give them all free tattoos and shit uh-huh, and they went I guess back to his place or something, and uh he gave one of them a really shitty tattoo or something, <laughs> 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 but you know guys from corn didn't give a shit but um the the impact that Limp Biscuit had on the music world was huge and Fred Durst himself I mean he uh he discovered a lot of bands like he brought um for my understanding he brought stained up he brought puddle of mud up I remember like,
1: I'm starting to remember this it, now. <laughs> it got it got
2: to it got to a point like if if he was involved with your band you were going somewhere yeah like that that's That's the impact that he had at that time. And, I mean, yeah, I guess guess with Limp Biscuit, their their style was awesome. They didn't give a fuck. Uh, They don't care if you like them or not. Dad Vibes was a jam, and fuck everybody that says otherwise. What I
3: just
1: found out the other day, and I can't remember where or how, um, they were one of the first bands at the time. Well, not the first bands. You said one of, yeah, but like, they were using seven strings on their heavier
2: stuff, and I had no clue. Jacksons, I believe. I, I
1: don't know, but I, they were using seven string guitars. Well, I believe early on, metal, and I had no clue.
2: Like a lot of the new metal bands were really some of the first to make seven strings. Yeah, really yeah. Of course, you had Corn doing their thing. Um,
1: uh, I think Corn um,
0: was around for like four or six years or something before. Limp Biscuit yeah, really took yeah. off. Yeah, so I guess my take on Limp Biscuit is, is not much different than 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 your guys's. You know, in the same vein of what you said, Tyler, is, you know, and I, I said it last week. I'm always trying to break the mold, right? Meaning, you know, just like Fred Durst was like, you know, he's wearing flat bills backwards, he's got baggy pants on, he's wearing Air Force Ones and and rolled up sleeve flannels, he's got this hip hop vibe and he and he's in a you know, a, um, new metal or rap metal band, if you will, you know, I, I always, you know, felt like I could relate to that because <clears throat> I'm this quote unquote redneck or whatever you want to call it, you know, country bumpkin, wasn't yeah. it? Country <laughs> bumpkin whatever you want to call it, that, that wears camo we from the woods, baby that wears <laughs> <in> the, <woods. laughs> the people on TikTok will get that reference, but, um, Wears camo most days, boots and jeans. I mean, I literally my whole life has been on on the farm and and in agriculture. And my favorite genre of music is metal. I fucking hate subgenres, but metal. Yeah, right. So I, I'm a fucking metalhead, and yep. and I've always you know like last night I come to the show. I'm wearing boots and jeans. I've got a real tree fishing shirt on and a hooey hat on, and I'm the only motherfucker there that looks like that because I'm Hell trying. Yeah. I'm trying, to, you know, I, I don't give a fuck what people think about, you know, what the fuck's this redneck doing at a Norma Jean show? When we went to the Norma Jean show, I had a yeah. fucking camo Cabela sweatshirt on. So I related to Fred Durst in that sense of breaking that mold of, oh, you have to look a certain way yeah. to, and, and I can't remember his name, but like the lead guitarist for Killswitch is the same way. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, my motherfucker's wearing a Donald Duck hat and short shorts and a tank top playing... You know, some of the heaviest... He's got the pizza guitar. Yeah, playing some of the heaviest (laughs) shit you ever hear. But, so I relate to people like that. And as far as their music goes, man, that shit was locker room jams, dude. Like, that was... Mm -hmm. I mean, their song Break Stuff is the definition of their music. Their music made you want to break shit. So... I mean, they broke a whole festival. Yeah, Woodstock 99. Hey, they got some ballads too, man. They 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 got some ballads. They set the lawn on fire. So... I appreciate, and it's similar to what I said about you know what what Falling in Reverse did with this new song. Um, it's different, and it's and I appreciate the the balls it takes to branch out and do something different because you know Limp Biscuit was very similar, somewhat similar, I guess, to the Beastie Boys, right? Who were really big in the eighties and yeah. they were in that rap rock yeah. kind of vein where yep. it's it's party music. We got guitars, but we're rapping. We're bad boys. We're were white bad boys. It's, it's, it's like the best party music there was. For dude. sure. So and, <laughs> that and that and punk rock. Yeah. So and, and that that is kind of what Limp Biscuit wanted to do and I appreciate the shit out of them for doing it and doing it at such a successful level and being as popular as our fuck they just put out a new album. They're still going. Yeah. So Janet, to answer your question, I think we're all <laughs> pretty big lint biscuit fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And anybody that's talking shit about them, I can assure you they do not give a fuck. Yeah. Yep. And
2: and if you are talking shit about them, you know, speaking of that, you know, Woodstock 99. Woodstock was like the biggest music festival there was at that time. And to be single-handedly blamed for the atrocities that happened at that fucking that's festival. That's metal as That's fuck. That's metal as fuck. <laughs> I mean that is What metal band has ever yep. accomplished
0: such a feat? It's metal as fuck. I you can't <laughs> talk shit about them. No. I mean you, can't. you you can, but I promise you it falls on deaf ears cause It does. Nobody gives a fuck. So I I I still have Limp Bizkit on my playlist and if they come, if Nookie comes on, I'm fucking flipping yeah. people off when I'm driving. I'm fucking losing I leave my. I my seat
1: back all the way. Yes, to where I'm and touching you're the. I'm touching the fucking car seat in the back, and I'm not giving shit. You're bobbing, and just remember, I am five foot, about six and a half, so I can't see over the steering wheel, regardless. <laughs> yeah. but I do not give a shit, man. Yes,
0: do not care. So I love lint biscuit, Janet. Thank you for sending in the request. I appreciate your interaction on on TikTok there. Boys, it's time for our favorite segment. It's time for Ooh. heavy metal hot takes. I love Ooh, a hot so I'm gonna, I'm gonna piss somebody off. We're gonna well, I, I'm gonna we're, we're gonna hold off on pissing people off because we're gonna start off with the the one that we 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 get from from TikTok. So, um, I posted a, a TikTok today talking about hey, we're we're doing a, a heavy metal hot takes segment, and I wanted to get some some interaction from you guys and some requests, and I got several, and. We, we kind of narrowed it down to two, and we, we ended up agreeing on, on one. So this comes from another dude called Josh.
2: And What's Josh, up, Josh? And Josh's
0: heavy metal hot take is Led Zeppelin and Alice in Chains are the two, and these, these are his words, are the two best groups of all time, and it ain't close. So I asked him for some context. I said, are you referring to talent? Are you referring to influence? And he said he's referring to talent. So, Mm. let's get your guys' thoughts on Led Zeppelin and Alice in Chains being the two most talented groups in the rock and metal genre. (laughs) Mm. I can go first on this one if you guys would like. Go first, okay? Yeah, I think I'll piggyback
1: piggyback off you. I have been waiting. I have been
0: waiting. So, all right, Josh. Of course, this t- is all subjective. It is it is. This you is know? and again, and I've said this on TikTok, and yet it doesn't seem to matter to a lot of people because I'm a boomer core gatekeeper. So, Led Zeppelin, right? In my opinion, you know, when when you think of the 60s, you had the Beatles in the early 60s, you know, merging into as you progress through that decade, you're coming into Pink Floyd, The Who, and then you have Led Zeppelin come along. And in my opinion, Led Zeppelin was completely different than all those bands before. So, while most people consider Black Sabbath the pioneer for heavy metal, I somewhat consider Led Zeppelin the pioneer to them. Jimmy Page is widely considered one of the top you know, 15, 20, 10, some consider him top 5, greatest guitarist of all time. And he was that. He was incredibly talented. He was incredibly inventive. Um, he wrote some of the, the coolest riffs of that time in the late 60s into the 70s. Um, with some incredible—I mean, the Stairway to Heaven solo is 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 amazing, and still holds up to this day. Anytime I hear it, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I know what that is, and I'm only 27 years old. So the fact that that song has had that reach—you know—that band has had that reach. Would I agree that Led Zeppelin is one of the most talented? No, I would not. Would I agree that they're one of the most influential? Absolutely fucking yeah. lutely, they are, and they are still incredibly popular. And not just among, you know, the folks that were listening to that music as it was being released at that time, but to people like me that grew up listening to bands that were influenced by Led Zeppelin. You know, when I was in seventh, eighth grade, I had all kinds of Led Zeppelin on my podcast or I'm sorry, on my podcast, on my playlist. And, and I was a big fan of them and I still think that they jam. So, you know, and they, they're, they they're well, well known for having one of the best drummers of all time and Robert Bonham. Um, or sorry, Roger Bonham. Um, and their span of influence is incredibly wide, but I do not think that they're one of the most talented of all time when it comes down to it. Because if you listen to what some of the bands do today, yeah, individual artists, Jimmy Page is not playing some riffs that some of that, that John Brown from monuments is playing today. Yeah. Yeah. So, but again, I, I mean, I get it. It's a different time. It's a different age. So that's how I feel about Led Zeppelin. Allison Chains, boy, I'm about to be a cuck so hard because I <laughs> fucking love Allison Chains. <laughs> we all do. We'll preface it with we all do. So, do I feel that Allison Chains is one of the most talented bands of all time? Yes, I fucking do. And the reason for that is because you basically had two front men in that band, right? I mean, the way that Jerry Cantrell and Lane Staley were able to harmonize their vocals and create mm-hmm. such mm-hmm. a. I mean, t- these boys are going to nut in their pants. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. So. Jesus Christ. I'm telling you. The way that they were able to harmonize their vocals and create such a. You, you hear a fucking Allison Chain song, you know exactly. I mean, you hear three fucking notes and you know exactly who it is.
1: But you also hear that sludgy guitar tone
0: and you know exactly yes. who it is, too. Friedman, baby. Yep. They are so unique to their genre because they are considered grunge. And a lot of their stuff is heavier, in my mind, than what typical quote unquote grunge is. Mm -hmm. And Allison Chains was heavily influenced by Metallica. So they draw a lot of what they do from that. And that's why you hear, you know, Jerry has such heavy guitar tones. He's got some really um, scaly solos. but their their vocals were just so unique, and they were able to write songs like, you know, The Rooster about Vietnam War and, and just different topics of, of discussion in their songs. And to me, it was just so different than what a lot of bands were doing at that time. And I said it last week, and I'll say it again, Nirvana's fucking overrated. Yes. And they were extremely popular at that time. And you had Alice in Chains doing the shit that they were doing. And I'm just mind boggled that anyone would consider Nirvana better than, than Alice in Chains. So my position, Josh, no, I don't think Led Zeppelin is one of the most talented bands on time ta- uh, of all time. Yes. I think the Alice in Chains is.
2: Okay. So, uh, <laughs>
0: sorry, that was long winded, but when no, I... no, it's, yeah. it's, it's all good, man. So,
2: I guess we'll start with Led Zeppelin. So do I listen to much of their music? No, but I grew up with it. Um, long story short, do I think they're the greatest or one of the, the most talented bands of all time? I would say no, but they were certainly the most, you know, one of the most talented bands of their time. Yeah. And they they really were incredibly influential. I mean, you have a band that was spitting out fucking metal before metal was even a thing. I mean, listening to some of the stuff that they, they put out, I'm like, man, if they if they actually had good tones like we have today back then, I mean, they, they would have been ripping this shit. Like, this shit would be straight banging all yeah, day. Would... But, you know, the technology was somewhat limited. Distortion on guitars was kind of just becoming a buzz. thing. It was it like was, more fuzz. Yeah, very thing. fuzzy. Yeah. Unless you were Jimi Hendrix. I mean, literally, <throat> it's it's like right after you know bands like the Who, where yeah. dude just decided he wanted his guitar to sound like shit and started scratching his fucking amp up and doing <laughs> stuff. And then show. He wanted it to sound gritty. That's metal as fuck. And so, yeah, it's so <laughs> That's, metal metal as fuck as fuck. <laughs> That's going to be a new segment, by the way. That's metal, metal as fuck. Is fuck. Yeah, but uh, you know they they were doing stuff back then that was that really pioneered the future of yes. rock and metal, and their songs were re- pretty well written, in my opinion, and um, individually they they were all you know really good good musicians but as as far as you know comparing them to all time like that's that's a stretch for any any artist or any band to to really speak in terms of all time and and looking at you know like you said you know comparing them to what's going on today like musicians today have been under a lot of pressure because almost everything's already been done, mm-hmm. yep. and so we we keep pushing the boundaries, and we keep you know pushing the envelope, and and what can we do? How can we make something that's that different? It's different that hasn't already been done. Um, and then you have a band like Greta Van Fleet that's like, I'll just copy Led Zeppelin. That's fine. Um,
1: hey, them boys uh, are talented though. I, I, don't get me started. <laughs> hey,
0: please don't get me started. I want to push that little curly head fuck in the mouth. <laughs> Don't horrible. get me started. But
2: um, you know, no, I I do not agree that they're they're one of the gre- uh, you know, greatest of all times in, in terms of talent. Uh, but I agree in in influence, they they were huge. Um, as far as Alice and Chains, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so to to talk about them, look. Metal
1: as fuck.
2: Their, their bass player is a huge influence on me and the way that I play bass. Um, because he's not one of those bass players that just play exactly what the guitar, you know, the bass note of what the guitar chords the chord are and just kind of yeah.
0: ride one or two notes through the whole song. You literally have him tattooed on your arm.
2: I do. Um, it's about the groove, baby. Yeah, it's about the groove, and and that you know he really pulls out the groove of a song, and he pulls out you know really interesting uh, melodies that that go along with the song perfectly. Um, you have the guitar work from Old Jerry. That dude was a bad motherfucker. He's still, still he's yeah, still a bad still motherfucker, a bad son of a bitch. And then you have Lane Staley with with his more aggressive. <laughs> Uh, raspy vocals and for me that's what i gravitate towards most of the time because that's more of my style of of singing is more raspy raw raw um and we talked about that last week yeah, too. We, yeah. we did and then you as you talked about the harmonies oh my god the, just, the harmonies yeah. are unfucking real dude like It's hard as shit to, you know, have your lead singer singing one thing and you as the backup vocalist singing something, singing basically the the same words but with different harmonies because... You just automatically wanna go with
0: what you're hearing.
2: And it creates this you have to absolutely ignore everything else going around. And
0: and Jerry's playing guitar while he's doing this. And it and it creates this ambience, right? Oh this man, that's their amazing. their vocals, like God, this is gonna sound so fucking cringy, but their vocals surround you. Like it's just an yeah. enveloping it's, a wall. it's an enveloping wall of sound. Yeah. And it just kinda it almost feels like you are on a different Plane of fucking existence, <laughs> <laughs> and, and God, I know I'm sucking their dick so it's hard. The right. It's the okay, bourbon talking, man. It's, it's okay. the bourbon. Yeah, Shit. but it's—I
2: mean—songs like "No Excuses" and "Down in a Hole." The the yep. vocal harmonies that they're spitting out is is fantastic, and
0: their drummer's not a bitch either. No, like, not at
2: all. He's he's very competent in what he's doing back there. But Mike
0: Inez, their bassist, is a fucking dude. He
2: is a uh, he is fantastic but um with with all that said, you know as as we talked about a little bit on the last episode, um I'd really pay attention to the song and i I listen very carefully to how songs are put together and how different individual parts come together as a whole, and how there's so many different ways to do it to make it interesting. And they are absolutely amazing at songwriting. I mean, yep. there's there's almost no one out there, and in all time, that writes songs like Allison Chains did. And mm-hmm. am I in love with every song they've put out? No, but you have some of these major, you know, hit songs that they put out that are just unfucking matched. Yeah. yeah. Period. Just there's no match to them. So, yes, I agree that Alison Chains on turn in terms of talent is one of the greatest of all time.
1: Because of would you say because of
2: just simply songwriting? I would say as individual musicians, they are really good. Mm-hmm. Are any of them greatest of all time? No. Right. But in terms of how they bring it all together and and yep. they write songs and you know make it all happen they are the fucking goats yeah i mean i
1: don't really have much else to add on the two but what i would say at the end of the day especially on a um i guess a mass level it's about the song yeah right? Both of those bands are incredibly good songwriters. Or, mm-hmm. well, we're, you know, I'm I'm assuming they both wrote their songs, you know, by themselves. But yeah, just songwriting in general and song structure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it's simpler, but um, what I'm appreciative of about the two bands is their level of songwriting. They make good songs. At mm-hmm. the end of the day, that's what it's all well, about.
0: And and I said it last week. And I, I don't mean to be repetitive, but in my opinion, Nutshell is the greatest song ever written. Ooh, And, I mean, I-, I It I, shows it,
2: how beautiful simplicity can be.
0: Yeah, yep. That's the best way I've ever heard that song described. Yep. And be, the thing about Nutshell, when I, when I think of like, wow, this is one of the greatest songs ever written, is how many fucking times can I hear it, and I'm still like, never oh my old. god, this is incredible. I it's a Is it a never skip? And nutshell will never ever be a skip for yep. me. Well, think about it, man.
2: The song nutshell is essentially about life. It is 100%. life in a nutshell. Yes, and and it's really that sad. Concept is, is fucking phenomenal. And, and how else could you wrap up life in a nutshell in, in a short song than the way they did it?
0: And it, it, perfectly. And, and it it gives you almost an existential crisis. When you listen to it, to the point of, wow, life is so. And and when you think about, you know, the the tragedy of of Lane Staley and how short his life. I mean, I'm 27. Preston, you're 27. Tyler, yep. you're just barely over 27. So it's like, and that's when I'm know, 28. Yeah, it's. Okay. I'll be 29 it's, in a couple months. It's okay. We'll just. I said barely. I was, you're 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 putting yourself. In I don't know how it <laughs> <counts>. So, <clears throat> but you 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 think about. The fact that Lane's the one that, you know, wrote this song, or at least I'm I'm ninety-nine percent positive that Lane's the one that wrote that song. And he, you know actually I think they all wrote it, but he is able to describe how fragile and and cumbersome life is in three minutes. If I can't be my own, I'd feel better. Better dead. off dead. And yep. That, that song, right there is is the line. It evokes emotions, and that's what I feel about. Like I, when I think of a great song, and, and you know, good songs are songs that can make me headbang or right lose my shit. Mm-hmm. Great songs evoke emotion. Yeah. And Nutshell has always been one, and that's not the only Allison Chain song that does that for me. But I'm just saying, in general, Nutshell evokes such emotion in me personally that I'm like. If I am feeling a certain type of way and I can play this song, it's going to bring me to a different realization of emotion. Mm -hmm. And I am so um, grateful and feel so so much respect for what those guys do and have done throughout their career. So, and I know you feel, you know, the same way. Yeah,
1: I... Well, and you had mentioned it earlier, but the coolest thing to me, and it may be why I gravitated toward Alice in Chains compared to any other grudge band, I yep. would say. Did I say grudge? I meant grunge. Grunge. Um, Sorry, at least you didn't say Ronnie Radke was in Blessed <laughs> Hey, it's the bourbon talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, because this they were... Sponsored s- by Buffalo Trace. <laughs> <laughs> they felt so different. And if, yep. maybe I couldn't put a pulse on it at the time. But because I was into the heavier stuff, because of what Metallica did for me as a listener of music, um, it filled a void, even though I liked grunge music anyways, it was just that extra push that I needed. And of course, once again, it comes back to their actual songwriting. It was immaculate.
0: Immaculate. So Josh, I I hate to disappoint you with the three of us all agreeing that Led Zeppelin is not one of the most talented bands of all time, but that Allison Chains was. I'm, I'm sure that's not the answer you were looking for, but that's why it's called a hot take, brother, and it's an opinion, and you're allowed to think, whatever, think and feel whatever the fuck you want, and you're not wrong no matter what you think. We're going to have people on our doorstep. Because it's a fucking opinion. Yeah, well, you should see my TikTok comment section.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, now it's time for our... Heavy metal hot takes.
2: I I have a great question that I'm really interested in your guys' opinion on.
0: Well, mine is going to piss you off, so (laughs) go for it.
2: Let's go with yours first. I feel like like getting mad.
0: (laughs) Okay. Nickelback is easily one of the most overhated bands for absolutely no fucking reason. They are incredible songwriters. They can make songs that make you want to party, that make you want to fuck, that make you want to cry. They can do it all. They're really talented. They put on a great live show. And I'm just not quite sure how a joke on a radio show so many years ago made them the butt of so many jokes. But yet, they're multi, multi multi-millionaires with multi-platinum albums. So, yes, I I believe that Nickelback is easily the most overhated band of all time. And this is going to fire Tyler up a little bit. Go for it.
2: So uh I fucking hate Nickelback. <laughs> a nut. I fucking hate Nickelback. When I hear a Nickelback song come on, I want to drive a car over a cliff with me in it and I'll be smiling the whole fucking way down. <laughs> because I will know that I will no longer have to listen to that Nickelback song. You got to you got
0: to tell the audience why you feel All that right, way.
2: All right, so so here's Here's why I feel this way. So, when I was when I was very young and I was getting into rock and and I was starting to play guitar and stuff, I enjoyed Nickelback because when they first came out, you know, with like, uh, Photograph, The Curb and, album, shit like um, that, Leader yeah, of Men,
0: that
2: that, yep. that 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 earlier album,
0: not to trying to think of some of life. the other
2: songs that were on it that that were actually really good. But um, you're thinking of the road less traveled. I think is it, or is it uh, all the wrong reasons? I I can't I cannot remember. Quick Google search. I quick, think it's quick Google search. All the right reasons. Yeah. Let me let me see. We something. don't know what we're talking about.
0: Right. Car on the front. Is That the album you're thinking of?
2: Yeah. Far away. Yeah. If everyone cares. Yeah. Well saving me on stuff. that so, album. Yes. Yeah. So being young and impressionable and. You know, not being very educated in music, I enjoyed quite a bit of Nickelback. Um, they were easily the biggest rock band on the scene at the time. Correct. And I, I really kind of gravitated towards them because at that time, I really didn't know where the fuck to go to find better music. Like, the only music I got was what was coming from the radio. And well, shit. back
0: then we couldn't stream.
2: Right. Because so. we're fucking old. And even then I, I really didn't mess with YouTube much. YouTube was just becoming a thing. Yeah, it was just memes at that time. Yeah. We didn't even know what fucking memes were, but that's what <laughs> YouTube was. <laughs> but um as I as I got more into music and I got more educated on music and I became a better musician, I realized that Their shit was a lot of their shit was the same. I mean, there was actually a YouTube video that went around where they dubbed like three Nickelback songs on top of each other, and it was literally the same (gasps) fucking song. They dubbed three songs from Nickelback into one, and it all worked. Like they didn't. Yeah, because they're fucking great, bro. But it goes back to what I was saying last episode about rewriting the same song just just because it kind of fits a formula of what works. And can I hate on them for their success? No, would I love to be a Nickelback probably. Yes. I'd Think get of laid the women. a lot Think more. Think of the women. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um I you know, I I wouldn't be we wouldn't be having this podcast and this, you know, rink a dink garage. We'd be in a fucking palace that I would be able to buy Listen, this solely is a for the a... sanctuary, bro.
0: This is this is a sanctuary.
2: Yeah, but if I was a Nickelback, I'd be able to buy like a fucking one hell of a sanctuary just for <laughs> just for the just podcast, for the podcast. Yeah. not just for recording. So that that'd be, be pretty dope. Songs. But musically, i I think they sold out, and that's okay. Sure, it's totally okay. That 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 was a decision they made, or that's. You know, they got good at writing um, the one style, and they just stuck with it. But, man, I just, I, I can't understand how a band like that gets so much fame, because I don't really think that they are super talented. However. Songwriting. I will say this about them. The song Animals. Oh, huh. that guitar tag? Oh. The fucking vocals, dude. Yeah? Yep. you pretty much have to go- do that whole, what it's like a bridge or something, and he just goes for like a whole minute, seemingly on one fucking breath. And I've tried to sing it myself, and I realize
0: there's no space is it the, to I, breathe. I'm driving back on black, just got my license back, I got this feeling. In my, is that? Is it that? Pretty much, to, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: And there's no chance really to breathe, so it's all on one breath. It seems. I mean, Chad Kroger is
0: his vocals, and it's so like his his pitch, and the key in which he sings in is so hard to find because he has an he has a very unique voice. He does. He he has a he has a great rock voice. Oh, I got yeah, right. yeah. It's just like yeah. Chris Daughtry. Yeah, I mean, it's yep. very similar. So I'll, I'll give them
2: you know credit where credit is due vocally. You know that shit is incredibly difficult. What he does in that song, and then I hate to say it, but their guitar tones are fucking gnarly. So what yeah. he's
0: saying is he 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 a little bit likes Nickelback. I mean, he. I fucking hate him, but I don't hate him that much. If if, if animals come, <laughs> if animals comes on and you hear that fucking riff with that tone, he's ready to fucking fight. He's ready to fight, <laughs> and I mean, not because he hates Nickelback, because the fucking song is gnarly. I guess. Okay. So you hate them. That's fine. That's fair. But you still admit that they've got a couple songs that make you feel a certain type of way. Yeah. So I guess. Pete, Pete, what's your? I don't know
1: that I have a bunch of feedback. I mean, in regards to the hot take, um, not that I dislike Nickelback, not that I absolutely love Nickelback. I guess I'm just indifferent. Sure. Like there was a time and place. For that for me at one time um, because I became a metalhead as the years have went on. It's just something I don't gravitate toward anymore.
0: And I want to preface this by saying it's not like I listen to Nickelback Nickelback, you know, on my on a daily basis. I don't. But if if one of their songs that I like comes on, I'm going to yeah. jam it. And and I, I just appreciate... And I'm going to kill myself. If yeah, Tyler's <laughs> going to kill himself, I'm going to jam. I'm going to jam while he kills himself. So... And he's such an asshole, he'll play it at my funeral. I'll show up at your funeral just to make sure you're dead. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so, that's metal as fuck. That's metal as fuck, dude. What would you expect? So, is Nickelback something I listen to every day? No. Are they unfairly overhated? Yes, they are. Yeah, I agree. So that, that was kind of my whole preface, or my whole point, is that they're, they're, they're overhated for no reason. Yes, you can hate that they There's are... There's a reason. Well, expand on that.
2: I gave you my reasons. They suck. <laughs> okay,
0: fair enough. But I, you can't hate... And you said it. You admit it. You can't hate on their They're, success. They found their niche, and they roll with it. Here's where their hatred
2: stems from, and I'm man enough to admit it. Jealousy. It stems from jealousy. Damn straight. I'm jealous that I'm probably a better musician than most of them, but I'll never see that kind of fame, right? Um, but like, that's cool though. You know, I'll, I'll stick with my local shows where I play at 12 <laughs> Where we bitch about a twenty-five minute set? We only got to play five fucking songs. They're, they're going to get paid like twenty million to play five songs in a stadium. Yep. It's it's fine. I, I I'm comfortable with where I'm at in okay,
0: life. That's fair. Well, what's your, you, you said you got something good to talk about. So what's your, what's your heavy metal hot take,
2: bro? So my, my heavy metal hot take, and I thought of this the other day. I'm really interested in hearing everyone's take on it because I feel like my take on it is is somewhat interesting. How do you feel? How do you
0: feel about love ballads? Are you talking, like, like Love Song by Tesla, Every Rose Has Its Thorn, Poison, like that type of shit? Because, um, bro, I'll get down on some hair metal. Look, I cry so, every time. not
2: necessarily hair metal. I'm talking on a very, very broad, very general terms.
0: What is your take on, on love on ballads? ballads? Um, okay. So, I'm going to approach this from... I'm gonna start with the hair metal angle, right? So there were so many. I mean, every hair metal band had one. So I grew up listening to love ballads, and I always liked them. And there, there, there's some that are happy. There's some that are sad. Like "Alone Again" by Dawkin has one of the most incredible hair. And now, now George Lynch, lead guitarist for Dawkin, is a virtuoso. He was in that Randy yep. Rhodes realm of. This motherfucker was a prodigy. Yeah, absolutely. George Lynch was a huge influence on why I started playing guitar. Dokken is my favorite hair metal band. My my favorite band of the eighties of that genre easily. So, when the, the song was written and produced well, and it was it was, you know, had a more of a more of a musical message than a lyrical message to me. I really gravitated towards those songs because those type of guitar riffs, the clean riffs in the verses, the, the, the heavy hitting solos, that type of shit, the real soaring choruses, that shit makes, I don't give a fuck who you are, that shit makes you feel a certain type of way. It makes you think about shit. So when you, when you say, how do you feel about love ballads, I love them. I do. And and I'm not I, I'm definitely not afraid to admit it because when Alone Again by Dawkins comes on, I'm ripping the fucking knob off because Don Dokken's just screaming that shit and George Lynch is ripping I'm losing my fucking mind. Wow, Mick Brown, I'm going nuts. So I love love back. <laughs> he's and leaning
1: then, Hey, he's leaning the seat and and back then, to that shit. Uh, yeah, look,
0: look, and then and
2: then you have like bands like Boys of Fall and stuff oh that my. sing about love. <laughs> Woo!
0: So so t- <laughs> Tell me, oh, make me cry. Tell me about it, dude. Okay, so we we brushed over it real quick last week, but we're <laughs> hey, wait talk real about- quick.
1: Y'all can thank me for sending you distance that one day that it happened. Thank you. The one
0: day that it happened, it was
3: it was built up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so there is a there's a band called Boys of Fall. We talked about them last week. They're 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 not quite metalcore. They're not quite. They're, I don't know what they are. They're very unique. If you ever listen to Issues they're kind of similar to issues but without the techno well without shit. the
1: genty stuff the genty style of yeah. aj Ro- yeah. yeah
0: aj's kind of genty style but anyways so boys of fall is one of our favorite bands i think they're mm-hmm. they're they're yeah very big in our group um they have a song called distance mm. and we just went down a rabbit hole y'all yeah we we did Ty- and and tyler was pretty confident that he was going to send us down one so uh, i was yep. hoping to keep us under 2 hours nope. i don't know if i'm going to be able to do it so distance is poor time management just like that show last night. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why we can't get done in under two hours. It's fine. Don't get mad at me, okay? Um We're getting we're getting deep to finish this bitch out. So distance is, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful songs in the sense of the 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 whole song is a build up, right? And you you start off with this really pretty simple clean guitar riff, and there's a there's an underlying solo in it. There's a really ambient feel to the sound, and the vocals are a very uh, poppy, and it mm-hmm. it just kind of gets you in this the the lyrics are sad, and it gets you in this depressive, almost uh you know pure sadness state. And then, as the song goes along, it starts to build, and it's it's basically this guy is is letting a woman go, right? And he's getting the whole song; he's getting more confidence in letting her go, and it, it is you feel like you're God. This is I'm getting deep. God damn it, I'm getting deep. You feel like you're there with he's him as he is getting this confidence to let this 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 lover go, and it gets into this metalcore vibe where he's screaming, and you're like, "Fuck that bitch!" <laughs> <laughs> Let you go, drift away into nothing, because I don't know you. I don't know you now. That yep. that line is a big part of the song, and it's just, and he screams it, and you're like, "Get the fuck out, bitch!" <laughs> <laughs> you just go on this ride with him, and it, Damn. every fucking time this song gets sent in the group chat. We all instantly go, Why the fuck do you have to do it's it? It's like us? one <laughs> random time a week.
2: Why do you, you have to do it? To... Ass because time one a of week. us we
0: listen to so much fucking music. One of us is gonna get it come on the shuffle. And, and we when all it drive comes for... on the shuffle, you send it in the group chat. D- and we're <laughs> Just we're all in to. the car but we we all drive a lot for We a drive living. a lot for work. So we, We We have have unspoken rules in the group chat. You have to send it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If if distance comes up, you have to send it. At least
1: one person is in their car when you send it to them. And and we don't say a word with it. We just send it. And they're in their zone. By themselves. And I change somebody's life once a week.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, it don't matter what kind of moods you're in. The minute you hit play on that and you hear the first two notes. It doesn't matter. You're in, I guess the first three notes, because there's a downstroke with the two up picks. But you hear the first three notes of that song, and you're like, "Yep, this is where we're going. This is how." to And you going are pounding the fucking steering wheel. I mean, losing your Crying mind, driving down the fucking cry- highway. Why'd you do it? <laughs> Get the fuck out, bitch! Yes. <laughs> you go on that journey with him, and the music video is even worse. And you're and like, "Man, fuck that, bitch!" <laughs> By the start of it, you're like, "Man, why'd we break up?" Why? I love yeah. you, and yes. then at the end you're like, "Get the fuck out." <laughs> Speaking of which, it's like,
2: yeah, my man's one one of these guys must have must have really you know gotten to this song. Now I I can't let him be alone. No, you're it, there with him. They, they you don't want caught... them to have distance. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Shout out, boys of Paul. Shout out, boys of Paul. <laughs> it's just metal right, as fuck.
2: Preston, Preston, tell me what's your what's your take on love ballads?
1: Um,
2: yeah. Man,
1: I wasn't prepared for any of these hot takes, any of this stuff. This is all off the cuff. But
0: (laughs) Uh, Full disclosure, I showed him the show rundown before we started.
1: I told y'all earlier in the show, I got ADD and forget stuff real
0: (laughs) You remembered you have ADD, bitch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, so I think the reason I had always gravitated toward love, I guess maybe not my favorite, but always enjoyed them, because as a as a nerd when it comes to playing the guitar it was the melody so when i heard whether it was the melody from the vocalist or the melody in the solo it was what and even in because i'm once again i've mentioned several times me and you guys both metalheads but i still to this day gravitate toward melody yes whether it's a melodic solo melodic vocals whatever it is and in regards to love ballads, was there any melodies out there better? No, not at all. Melodies and
0: harmonies, man. Yeah, man. It, it was, it was something that basically anybody could listen to, right? Yeah. You go back. I mean, you could go back further than the '80s, but just for me and in, in my personal experience, you know, love ballads for me started in the '80s, and not when I was alive in the '80s because I'm not that fucking old. You just said we were getting old. Yeah, well, somebody called me middle-aged on TikTok today, and it's got me feeling <laughs> self-conscious about my receding hairline. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dad now. Give me a break. So, it was something that had a, a very easy um, listenable. I'm inventing a new word. It was very listenable. It was very listenable. Yeah, I was going to say listenability. Oh. Yeah, so. I invented We're a new from word. the sticks. We told y'all from Southern Ohio. We told y'all we talk funny. So
2: shout out to Webster Dixon. Shout Dictionary. out Webster. We're gonna we're gonna start a thing there. Absolutely.
0: So they were just so easy to listen to, and then when you really listen to, it was almost like listening to two different songs, right? Because the way the songs were composed, the lyrics were incredibly important, and the way they were sung was very important. But so was the music itself. And whether that was a verse riff, a solo, a certain bass line, whatever it might be, it all had meaning in those love ballads because those bands in the '80s put their all their you know all their effort into that song. You know, they wrote a million round and rounds, or shout at the devil, or whatever it might be. Love been.
1: Rat, they're my favorite. Yeah, band. Rat's great,
0: but but yep. you get what I'm saying. The, there, there's a di- yeah. those songs are a dime a dozen. Yeah, the love ballads are all unique. Whether it's Home Sweet Home, whatever mm-hmm. whatever one it might be. I don't know that Home Sweet Home is a love ballad, but it's a ballad. Yeah. So they all had their own unique feel. They're all iconic because those bands put their A game into that. And even today, when I listen to some of those songs, I still get that same feeling I got when the first time I heard it when I was 12 years old or 10 years old, whatever it might be. Yeah. So we didn't know shit about love. No, <laughs> no. didn't know shit about. My, but here's I love the thing, my dog. Didn't know shit about music either. But we still jammed that shit. Yeah, yeah. So that was the point of those songs. So Tyler, that was God. Oh, we're fucking. not, we're not to the depths yet.
2: <laughs> we're going deeper. Okay, all right, I'm ready. Does
1: anybody like a three hour podcast?
2: I, I my fucking, wife ate so, so, my head so, hey, to get home. So look so look i I wanted to talk about it for a couple of reasons, and you guys have really touched on the one side of it, okay, so mm. the one All side of it it's like a two two-sided coin two-parter. Here. two sided coin two parter two two parter so the the first side of it is the musicality of it, so Kyler, you were talking about how these songs really invoke feeling and right. The most influential music, like you said, is music that invokes feeling. And so if you consider the message of a song, and when you are writing a song, you're really trying to take your listener down this emotional journey. Mm -hmm. If you are a good songwriter, that's the way you're thinking about it. How do I carry this person this listener through this emotional journey because you're not going to feel as much with just lyrics. Mm-hmm. Correct. Right. So I can write a song and it's easy to, uh, for some people, it's very easy to take words and, and create this message with words and really just lay out there what what they're feeling. Um, for me, it's not easy for me to put, word like my thoughts into words is incredibly difficult it's something I've always struggled with and it's really hindered me throughout life sure um in many scenarios and so when you as a musician one of these people that can't really just put it into words and you're trying to figure out how do I express how I'm feeling and help this person feel the same that I feel And to do that with sound Mm -hmm. versus words is something that is so extraordinarily difficult that there is a reason that there are the the few out there as far as composers and songwriters that are really recognized for their songwriting.
0: Does... Does any song do that better than Distance? <laughs> and I'm I'm I'm, I'm asking in a <laughs> serious yeah, to you too. Does anyone
2: amazing example? Because yeah. like you said, it takes you through this emotional journey, and he is. The lyrics are really really well put together as well to help guide you through what that emotion is. But the music is really what's making the person feel it. Shout out, Boys of all. And so, because of that constant progression, because that constant progression and the melodies that they chose with the rhythms that they chose, and all these musical concepts coming together to help invoke that emotion. And every song, in some way, should invoke an emotion, but love ballads seem to be the most common one that people relate to because what easier emotion is there to invoke than
0: love or the absence thereof and and by the time you know most people listen to those songs or at least listen to them to understand them they've all been there you've been everybody's been broken up with everybody's broken up with somebody everybody's felt <clears throat> that kind of gain or loss so the relatability of of love ballads or anti love ballads, if you will, is ever present. Yep. Because we've all felt those emotions. So they they, in my opinion, resonate in your head almost more than a song that you just think's a great song because you've you felt those emotions. You can relate to that song more than you can something that's just a rager. God, I'm telling you guys, so the Screaming Idiots show is here to really make you think and fucking send you to another dimension. Now we're going to the next dimension. Okay. All right, so we're going to
2: flip the coin. Okay. Christ Almighty. (laughs) So like I said, you know, what what easier emotion is there to invoke than love or the absence thereof? Mm -hmm. And so this is something, you know, what emotion drives human behavior more than love. Hatred. Hatred, yes. Jealousy. Jealousy. Eh, I don't know. I I, I would say love is, is probably up there. I'd say hatred really drives behavior yeah, as well. Hatred
0: hatred was my yeah, number one. Okay. But lo- I mean What'd love and think? love and hatred are the two strongest emotions.
2: Love. Love. So Here's, here's the reason I thought of this the other day, and it's, it's because I'll listen to love songs, but I don't advertise that I listen to love songs. And so, particularly for men, it's hard for us to admit those soft spots that we have. It wasn't when I sent you guys distance. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah but that's a. Am hey, why, why am I crying you, in a club right now? <laughs> there's, a, there's
2: a difference between sharing a song because of how awesome it is musically, and then how you related to it or how you felt when you listened to you it. You remember when
0: we come home from the bar?
2: Yeah, we'd come home from the bar, turn on distance, just and then just cry, just I don't. Yeah, we. You boys are. It it sucked some, some nights, but with with that in mind, you know, what made me think about this is <clears throat> as a society, and, and particularly as fucking men our age, like, love isn't something that we really talk about much, and it's almost like if you are talking with your buddies all sappy and
0: shit, like, that's gay. That, that's gay. Yeah, I mean, that's what You're being gay. Yeah. But... Canceled. Yeah, we said gay. We're getting canceled.
2: But I run into this this dilemma as a musician and as a songwriter where I almost don't want to write songs like that because of how that's perceived. And I think a lot of it is because it's really hard to not write a sappy, corny love song. Lyrically, like, how do you fucking talk about this thing that's been talked about a million times and it not be a a cheesy, cliche copy of what's already been written? And then knowing that it is one of the easiest emotions to invoke into your audience, it's almost like a cheap shot.
0: Because you you know know it's going to get them.
2: I know it's going to get them if I if I say even a few words related to it because everyone deep down loves a fucking good ballad, good yep. love ballad. Yep. And and so it's almost like like I'd be taking a cheap shot and I've always been more hard-headed and said I I want to focus on these other these other emotions and stuff and and if you listen to any screaming evidence, we have no love songs. We have no songs related to love, you know, this brokenheartedness or this great feeling of love for someone. We don't write about it. And it's kind of along those reasons of it's kind of cheap, it's corny, it's gay, um (laughs) (laughs) like all these different things. But I I guess my question to you guys is in that realm of things, now what do you think of of love ballads and, and the songs that you have heard? And corny, not corny, which ones do you really
0: lean towards? So first off, you as Screaming Evidence have written the opposite of a love ballad in the song called The Debt. That actually had
2: nothing to do with any kind of love.
0: That's what I said, the opposite. Love ballad. This is very, very, very dark. Very dark. Very hatredy. Yeah, (laughs) hatred filled. Yeah. So again, man, it's just. Do I think that maybe musicians take advantage of people with love ballads? Sure, but you know what? Take advantage of me, baby. I'm here for it. I, I love I love them, and because of the emotions they evoke. Because, like you said, we as men are normally very reluctant to express any feeling of anything we feel is less than masculine. So when when I when I hear a song even if it's when I'm by myself in the truck and I get a song come on that makes me feel a certain way that I I can express myself in a comfortable setting without feeling like oh, I'm soft, I'm weak. I'm not a I'm not a man, whatever it is. I'm gonna take advantage of that and I'm gonna jam that shit. That song is distance. And that song's yeah. you're exactly right. That song's distance for me. That's that distance is our generation's love song by Tesla. That yeah. our parents <laughs> like,
3: Love will find a way. Yeah. I'm gonna have another kid to that song.
0: <laughs> distance or love song? Distance. Yeah. Oh. No. Yeah. Like you're gonna make a sad kid because it's a sad sad baby. I'm gonna have that. You know, I changed my mind. Sex. I'm gonna have that. I changed my mind. Sex. Thank God this is marked an explicit podcast again. Don't let your fucking toddlers listen to it. Not safe for work.
2: Preston, what's up? What do you think in that in that vein? I mean, what the hell else could
1: I say? I ain't got nothing. No, I mean, in regards to love ballads, I've I think I've expressed the way I feel about how they make me feel. Yeah. So what
0: what would you say about writing one? Oh, or oh, we are um, we we're, we are having a a inner band debate on writing a love song here. Do you know how many pretty melodic riffs and solos you've written that you could fit effortlessly into a song like that?
1: Well, see, I feel like in regards to love ballads, that's how I think. It's like, all right, we're going to write a love song. How do I make it fucking pretty? How do I make it pretty? Guitar? Like that's that's my first thought. Yeah, but like a style. song like
2: Distance isn't pretty the whole way through. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it's that. It's telling it's telling a a story.
1: Yeah. And you can so you can dumb? make your
2: guitar like, tell a story.
1: What I don't know how to put into words, and I don't know why this is, but I rarely focus on lyrics of songs. Very rarely. So where does it come from then? It's all the music to me. Like that. Where, where does feeling the feeling, that feeling that we're come talk- from? That feeling that we're talking about is from the music. Whether it makes me relate to something or what, but. I don't know why, but because I don't pay attention to things lyrically very often. And you don't. I, mean, I don't. Y-
0: you you uh-uh. could play a song that you've. You could you could take a song that you've listened to fifty million times, play the whole song on guitar perfectly, and not know three words to it. Yeah.
1: So like, I mean the the thirty songs that I play with our band, however many there is, I don't know that I know the lyrics to two of them. Yeah, I really don't.
2: So. When we started showing you songs that you you actually started writing your own parts too, uh-huh, so like year two kind of stuff, uh-huh when you were coming up with your parts, it was just how does this part relate to the other music, the or feel. did the the, the the music feel. like what part of the music made you feel something that then inspired you to create what you wanted to create?
1: I think of a lot of it is typically based off of chorus um because it's typically what the listener gravitates toward. Um, And me, as a musician, I think a lot of those layers or melodies come from typically the chorus and the feeling that that specific chorus gives you. Interesting. Yeah, so I mean, for me, it's always been about how the song and the music itself. Yeah, I shouldn't say song. The music itself makes you feel.
2: So so you feel absolutely indifferent whether it's a love song, a sappy love song, like lyrics, corny as shit, everything. You could give a shit less. You play I, that song out. Yeah, so now. I
1: I don't know that it's that I could give a shit less, but yeah, I mean, I don't pay I really, as dumb as it sounds, I don't pay attention to lyrics very, very rarely. <laughs> and any kind of music that I listen to, maybe a little more in rap, because um, a lot of the time that's how they put everything together is how you tell if they're in your eyes a good rapper or not. Um, I mean, that's
2: all they do is lyrics. Yeah.
1: Um, but that dude is, yeah, I feel, I feel stupid, but it's, it's based off of how the music is driving me. Okay,
2: yeah. Okay. See, I guess, I guess for me, so I've been thinking about writing. So, Preston, you've noticed I, I've been playing a lot more acoustic guitar. I've been writing more shit that's not going to be used for the band. It's it's definitely not screaming evidence yeah. type material. And <clears throat> what I've been thinking about doing is kind of writing my own. Um, little solo project mm-hmm. and with that solo project one of the things that I was thinking about writing about was love and these concepts around it and kind of my journey through it because having haven't had the greatest fucking love life you know throughout my entire life sure and so with with that it's it's been a huge influence on my life and I'm sitting here thinking I'm like this thing that is easily one of the most powerful human emotions that is that I hate to admit has hugely influenced my life and my behavior and and how I go through my day to day but I'm like afraid to write about it I understand. And that. I think I think part of it may stem from how other people would would look at me or, or see it and I know I shouldn't give a shit what other people think, but I'm also like it's, how it's do a I natural do emotion this? to care. Like how do I how do I do this without being corny or sounding cheesy?
0: Well and and like I said, it is a natural feeling to want to be accepted. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit how many people, myself included, say, Well, I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks about me. Yeah, you do. You care about what someone thinks. You care about what someone thinks. It may not be the masses, but there's someone that you you care. So, full disclosure, and this is not a criticism, but it's kind of a criticism. The one thing that's missing from screaming screaming evidence is some fucking emotion when it comes to that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you're able to admit that is huge. If you guys were to write a love ballad. Whether it be love or anti-love. You have every piece of the band could offer something to that. And I think we could write a great one. I think you could write a great one too. But the problem is, you got to grow the set of nuts and do it. Do I think it would be hard? Yeah. It would be very hard. It would be very revealing. It would be very um, vulnerable. hmm But if you wanted to write a real love ballad about real life experience and to lead a a listener on a journey. Not only would it make them feel a certain type of way, it would make you feel a certain type of way too. As the writer of that song, being able to express the way you feel about a certain someone or a certain topic or a certain emotion or whatever it might be, you're going to give yourself relief, satisfaction, a number of things. In writing that song, fair. That's fair. that's
2: fair. What do, you, what do you think, P. Dunn? Fair.
0: <laughs> so, bottom line is, you need to write a fucking love ballad.
2: A ballad. You just need to write a ballad. Let's write a ballad, dog. False beliefs was kind of a ballad. False
0: beliefs was kind of a ballad. And I had but a lot of quite.
2: people. I had a lot of people say, you know, tell me that they thought that that was like a love song. Yeah. And it was absolutely like, I did not like that. That was a song I actually wrote, one of the few that we've used. And I did not write that with any concept of love. Yeah. People were like, that's a love song. I'm like, no, it's just a fucking ballad, bro. Like, it yeah. just because it's a ballad doesn't mean it's about love.
0: Right. Or lack like thereof. So, Preston, do you have a heavy metal hot take? I've given you plenty of time to think.
1: Haven't thought once except for now. Um, (laughs) I'm sick of 85% of metalcore right now sounding detuned, low, and sludgy, and just like everybody else. I'm fucking sick of it. You mean like B-tuned? What do you mean by that?
2: Like. In the note, because I doubt any of them are are in like drop D. They're
0: probably no. In drop I mean, D. just
1: detuned,
0: tuned down. Yeah, right. he doesn't
1: mean tuned to D. Okay. He, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. So
0: my thought on that is, boy, do I agree with you. Well,
1: I mean, preface this with we play in C.
2: You know, right?
0: I play in C sharp. Yeah,
1: C's I'm, as far
2: <laughs> down as we have ever ventured. I've played in
1: drop B because of some bands that I listen to by myself. But yeah, um, I don't know. It's just like. I follow Sharp Tone, and I'm going to sound stupid because I know Sharp Tone Records has several different kinds of bands on their label, as well as UNFD, as well as Sumerian, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, when I'm in my huggle at night, checking my YouTubes, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of this new new metalcore, it's, it's sounding the same to me, and I'm sick of it. I
0: need something different. I, I need something now. No, and I get it. And there are so many bands and, and, and believe me, I have heard all about it on on TikTok that I'm I'm a fucking again, I'm I'm a boomer core gatekeeper. <laughs> but when I think of bands like and I used to love these guys, all of these guys I'm about to name, I used to be fans of. Bring me to the horizon. Wage war. A day to remember. I prevail. Bear tooth. Ice nine kills. The list goes on and on. They all sound the exact fucking same. I eh, Ice Kills is a concept band. They do some different things. I get yeah. that. But there's there's some different there's different subtleties to them. But to your point, there are, and you said it, eighty to eighty five percent of metalcore bands all do I could the be same off thing. With that number, but to me, no, that's it's what it feels it's like correct right now. Because listen, there are there are select bands. Polaris era currents monuments that do think make them suffer do things differently right mm-hmm. and and we listen to those periphery we listen to those bands more because they do shit differently it's not this sludgy like you said sludgy digest, you know when a breakdowns coming you know you, when you can it, read it just, the song like a book yeah and Polaris doesn't play the same riff twice in one song very do, rarely but it's very spaced out yeah it's but it's completely I mean they play yeah. eight different riffs in a song. It's just different, so you know, and and I get t- I'm t- whatever people tear me apart on it for social media, but I don't, I don't give a fuck. So many of the bands that you guys like, that's fine, that's perfectly fine. They found a niche, and Tyler, you've touched on this so well. They found a niche; it works for them. There, there are mainstream metalcore fans, and then there's. Whatever other metalcore fans like us, yeah, that that don't don't really care for that style anymore. It's just not you know we don't listen to the same bands we did ten it's years ago. Pretty mainstream. It's very it's metalcore has become a fad in a way, in my opinion. Yeah, it is very popular, and I love that the genre gets attention because when we were in high school yeah. and middle school. Well, you guys listen to that fucking screamo shit. That ain't real music. That's all we ever heard. Well, now everybody loves it. So I guess we're the people that are like, oh, well, now everybody likes it. So it's not fucking cool. (laughs) But that's not what we're saying. (laughs) What we're saying is that, that these bands that the vast majority of people love to us are not inventive enough for us to be like, damn, that's man, that's cool. No, we've heard it 10 million times. It becomes background noise.
2: Yep. Yes, it yep. becomes that thing that comes on while you're driving down the road for for an hour and a half commute, and it's like, okay, I, I vibe to it. Yeah. I can listen to it, but I'm not but I'm it. not listening to it deeply. I'm not really paying attention to what's going on anymore because I've it's following it the same patterns. Times. I've I've heard this song for the past five songs in the shuffle. I'm I'm not that
0: impressed. I'm not that invested. Right. So think about the bands that fell off, that were huge, that we love, that, that that fell off, and we don't listen to anymore. Bullet, All the Remains, Of Mice and Men, We Came as Romans. Now, some of that's not of their own fault. You know, members die, members leave, whatever. You know, when Austin Carlisle left Of Mice and Men, in my opinion, now, Tyler, you disagree with me. You like them without Austin Carlisle, but when mm-hmm. Carlisle left for me, like, they, I was done with them. Yeah. I was done with them. So, but those bands have all continued in that same niche that they were, that same vein that they were in in 2012, and bands that we listen to now weren't even around at that time, and when they came out, they did something completely different, and people that maybe aren't as you know, in tune to the music itself might not notice those changes. They still think it sounds the same. They hear people screaming. They hear clean choruses. They hear whatever it might be. But there are so many subtle differences that people like us that really dissect music hear and appreciate. So, you know, I struggle with the majority of metalcore today, quote-unquote metalcore today. Yeah, You know, bands like Norma Jean are not a dime a dozen. Mm -mm. But bands like Fit for a King are. There are so many of them. There's not very many like Norma Jean. And it really doesn't
2: matter if you were first or not. Yeah, No, not at all. If you're one of the the OGs and you're simply just playing your style, guess what? Your, Your shit is diluted now.
0: Yeah. It is. Because you've been doing the same thing for 20 years. Yep. Like, I love Killswitch. I love Killswitch. Top five greatest metalcore band of all time. But they do the same shit. I don't listen to them on a daily basis. I skip a lot of their songs. Yeah. Because they're still doing the same shit. It's great music. They're really great songs. They're back, they're, they're Ragers. But it's the same shit. The bands that I listen to on a daily basis are so different. And, and I know that they're not, I don't know if you could consider them metalcore. Well, they but, still have the roots of what we enjoy. Bad omens many years for me. Ago. Bad Omens is completely different. They they have such a great mix of a lot of different things for me. They have these absolutely gorgeous vocals and these harmonies, and they're able to do, you know, Noah, their their frontman, is able to do so many different things. You know, Motionless and White's the same thing for me. When you have such a versatile frontman that you can sing a love ballad, you can sing a song that makes you want to tear somebody's head off, and it's you can do all these different things, and no song sounds the same, that's what draws me to a band. Be unique. Be different. Make Write different songs. So, you know, to answer your question, yeah, I'm I'm kind of fed up with with where the um, the genre the subgenre is today with most bands.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard for me to really add to that because, um, really, it's just been the last four to five years that I've really gotten into this heavier kind of music, metal, metalcore. Um, hell, I didn't even, I mean, the heaviest band I had really listened to on a regular basis up until probably six years ago was fucking, I don't know, like Chevelle, Breaking Benjamin kind of stuff, you know, um, I really didn't listen to anything very heavy, uh, on a regular basis until I started hanging out with you guys more, but what I'll say is like, era no so you guys were showing me all these different bands and then by the time i got to era i was like well this sounds like everything else you guys have sent me i don't really maybe a little more i really love it and it, it was hard for me to get into them um it wasn't until this past year that some of their songs would would pop up on uh, shuffle and stuff that I would really listen to and be like, "Damn, that's a that's a really good fucking song." Yeah, and so I I slowly became a fan of Era, but it, that's kind of that thing where me coming into metalcore listening as a fan, it was diluted already.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. and it
2: had that was you know four years ago. Whereas we're five you know, we're four years down the road and even more of these bands have come out and gotten big. And you know, you go to the gym and everybody's listening to this kind of shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's it's becoming super popular and so you have more and more bands bands coming out. All of those bands. I prevail. Which we all loved at one time. Yeah,
0: for sure. Then and I'm not saying that they're not talented because they are. Oh absolutely. But I mean, they, those dudes write riffs that I I can't play. You know, it's all I, I get it. They're super talented, but it it becomes very monotonous, right? It's yep. it, and we said it earlier when you can predict the song, when you know when the breakdowns coming, when the you can read it like a book. I don't want to listen to it anymore. But you also need some sort of familiarity as well.
2: Yeah, you're you're not going to get too far style, from yes. verse and chorus. Yes. No, kinda, you're not kind of stuff. And I'm not
0: saying that, but How style is it. fine. It's all about progression and song construction for me, mm-hmm. and a level of ingenuity mm-hmm. and individuality. But just be different. Just be different. Make what makes you unique. Why should I listen to you over? whoever the other 12 bands doing that are this. doing the same thing you are give me some reason and that's why i think polaris drew me so much you know with the dichotomy ep their first ep that was just some of the wildest shit i've ever heard and some people might listen to that and go well it sounds just like any other metalcore band a lot but of it, people will probably
1: say that but it doesn't yeah
0: to me which is subjective it's subjective it's yeah. all subjective this is all opinion based so People listen. Don't get upset if we're we're saying that your band is not one of our favorites because it's fine if it's yours. The way that we and we three think similarly, similarly, sim- similarly, sim- <laughs> similarly, <shum-a-la-ding-dong. laughs> similarly, and differently at the same you time. You got it. Yeah, it took me a minute. And the way that we dissect music is different than everybody else. And here's my thing. And I've said this so many times before on on. You know, social media when I'm talking to people. We all appreciate and interpret music differently, and that's what makes it beautiful. Yep. Yes. And it is okay to feel differently than somebody else. There is nothing wrong with that. So the, when I say that I think Polaris is the greatest metalcore band of all time, you don't have to think that way. You might think Trivium is the best metalcore band of a time. I love Trivium.
2: I actually enjoy listening to, like, Moths to Flames. Oh, I love I Moths. Polaris.
0: I love Moths. I love Moths so much. Mm. mm mm Not enough people talk about them. No, they don't. They, eh, They've been doing it for a while, too. Yeah, they have. Instinctive intuition, baby. Yeah.
2: I'd say they're probably my favorite metalcore
0: band. That's a great one to have at number one. Great one to have at number one. I'm telling you, this new Currents album, we're, we're going down the rabbit hole now. I'm telling you, this new Currents album is going to be sweet. Sweet. I think it'll be the heaviest album since uh, Bleed From Within's new one. Those first three songs are fucking heavy, dude. And Remember Me's almost ballad Yeah, almost. So, yep. for a, a really <laughs> yeah. hardcore metalcore band that I consider true metalcore to do like a ballad song and do it really well, woo! I'm fucking juiced for this album. <laughs> juiced. I know you guys are too. So, well, I know we are right at that two-hour mark. We're probably over it a little bit. Do you guys have anything else to add? Or we, we covered a lot. We covered a lot, Again. Preston.
1: We're probably gonna make a lot of people hate us
0: that's with the, this that's, one. That's fine. We want to invoke feelings. On. We're like we're like right, we're we are writing ballads with our words on a podcast. Just we don't. are. Invoking emotion.
1: Don't send me the song distance because I will cry. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, so, I'm a, I'm glad y'all let me come on the pod. Um I'm excited to hear what everybody else has to say. Yeah,
0: for sure. like I said, I'm I'm I know we're all super grateful to everyone that tuned into episode one. I mean, going international right off the right off the rip is incredible. So and thank you so much to everyone that has reached out and interacted with me on TikTok regarding the podcast. And I encourage anyone that's listening uh, that doesn't follow me to, to follow me on TikTok at smoke 2013. Um, I'll be posting a, uh, little preview to the pod. So hopefully you guys see that. And then, uh, remember that when you listen to the pod, when it drops. So until next time we are the screaming idiots and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Love dove.